Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another Coinonia Hour. And as you see, I finally have Tony Coretz on. Tony, thank you so much for joining me today in some fellowship. That's, that's good, Joni. I'm, I'm happy to do it. And so often it's on our A Minute to Midnight channel that we converse. So it's good to be on your uh, channel for a change. Yeah, I mean, it took me a while, right? Everybody gets busy. But so I'm so happy to have you on. And um, well, today, you know, we want to talk about, I mean, there's other things I suppose we could talk about, but it was, it's so right today to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that just so burns, not just in my heart, not just because it's a day to be observed. But when I, when you, when we come to this season, isn't it really the same with everybody? Don't, would you agree that everybody starts to really think now about Jesus and his cross and the resurrection? Well, that's the way it should be. And certainly I think for people like us, we certainly do. And, and anybody that's a Christian probably does. Um, it would be good if people outside the church would see this too, you know, um, as a time to focus on what Jesus did. Yeah. Well, we were talking a little bit before about what I was thinking about how there's in Christendom, we have our standardized uh, holy days. We recognize a certain day. And so Easter or Resurrection Day, depending on what you want to call it, um, is a day everybody really mostly just plans to stampede into their churches, stampede over to where they can eat ham and <laughs> food. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. You know, that's a good time for family. But I want to talk to you today about something in light of not just a focus on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, but this particular resurrection in light of not all the ones past because we're in a time and a season now not like any other it's not business as usual it's not holy day as usual and the things that are happening on this earth as we are speaking with one another during this time that we're looking forward to uh, observing that resurrection day that I think that this time for me, I really started thinking about this and maybe this might be true for you. I said to myself, this, this feels like a different type of really looking towards what his resurrection means for us. These people of the end times right now to focus on. Well, it is uh, a time like no other, as you said, and I can see things going to get more difficult and we will really rely on the power of God, I think, more and more in the days ahead. Uh, and obviously this is a good starting point to focus on that uh, with the death and resurrection of Jesus. Obviously, that's the foundation of our faith. Um, and yeah, I, I was just this morning just reading Hebrews chapter 13. I just want to read a little bit um, from verses 5 and 6. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content 
with such things as you have, for he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Because I think, you know, there's a real persecution coming upon Christians more and more on the earth. I think we will see that increasing. But in the end, you know, our salvation can't be taken from us. And what can man do to us apart from, you know, make life difficult or kill or death, but they can't, he cannot take the joy or our salvation from us. That's totally right. You know, and as you were saying that, what can man do unto me? Um, you know, David said, I believe it's Psalm 132, uh, Psalm 118. He says, put not your trust in man, where is there is no help, neither in princes, where is no help, right? And, but we do not really realize what it meant when he broke through that death, when he emerged from that tomb. He was in a completely new place in his, I mean, I mean, our Lord's cross, first of all, is a gateway into his life and so obviously his resurrection means that he has power to power now to convey life to us and the power of that endless life so when i think about this scripture this came to my mind because i was really i was thinking in myself what there's so many scriptures on resurrection right and i thought to mm -hmm. myself what which one though and this one came to my mind so everybody's pretty much familiar with it and it's in philippians 3 10 and 11 and paul says that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death if by any means i might attend unto the resurrection of the dead and i really thought about what that mean what that means I mean, especially the part, the part where he says, we know Paul already knows him at this point. Mm -hmm. He saw him on the road to Damascus. He saw him in his glorified state. He, is, his, he was so bright, he told King Agrippa, for I saw at midday, O king, a light greater than the sun, than the midday. And he spoke to him. And then the Lord spoke to him again and said, stand up, rise up, Paul. You know, I, I'm sending you, right, to the Gentiles whereof I have delivered you from to open up their eyes and to turn them from the power of darkness uh, unto the power of God, right? And so, but see, Jesus had to be resurrected and he had to ascend before he can do any of those things and to give power of that endless life to you and me and to all as many as believe on his name. So, but when I saw the power of his resurrection, I thought about the power of his endless life. And so when I just saw that little condensed part, the power of his resurrection, I really thought about what that meant. That when we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and we become sons and sons of, of God, daughters of God. We become sons and daughters of glory. And so we receive power from 
God, right? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So when he says the power of his resurrection, yes, he can look at that in a sense of a future, but I'm thinking about here and now and in terms of where we're at and what that resurrection means. Because you were talking about, right? Like, what's man going to do to me? Mm. So we have that power, the power that is within us to perform the things that Christ wants us to do as these last days people on earth. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Uh, yeah. And I mean, for me, I'm conscious of, uh, you know, how far short I personally fall, you know, of where I'd like to be many times. And you know what, you know, our standard that Jesus held up for us in a way. But if I go back to Hebrews again, um, in chapter 13, where it says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So basically, that's it. The power of the resurrection is where we get our power to complete the work, you know, um, every good work that that we were designed for. It's not in our own strength or in our own power or our own righteousness or any such thing as that. It's like the death and resurrection of Jesus is where we get the power to live that life. And um, thank goodness it's not in our own strength. You know, as I say, we fall far short, or I certainly know I do, but the the point is, you know, that Jesus died in order to take us onward and upwards and from strength to strength and um, and to give us the power to live the life that, you know, he created us to live. Exactly. You said that totally perfectly because I think the greatest thing, and I'm sure you maybe even feel this about yourself, I do sometimes, all of us feel Sometimes we kind of get into a little rut, like where we feel like maybe we're not qualified for this or we don't measure up to that. And um, and we come from a lot of different backgrounds and there's a lot of uh, dents and dings in our soul that, and, mm. and I, I call us many times misshapen from things how that have damaged us or affected us. And so we're in this body and we're misshapen in different places. And so we feel that we have to like when we become saved and we're now we're running our path on you know the the cross you know the the path christ went on that we have to attain into some kind of perfection to please him but that's not the case at all he never asked oh, us yeah but you know it's, it's interesting like people often have their favorite scriptures you know in the bible oh, this is my favorite scripture or whatever well i would have to say that I, if I have one and it's always been the same one um, and I'll read this, you know, again, this is from Luke chapter 23, 39 to 43, the thief on the cross. Mm. This is my favorite passage in the whole Bible. I'll tell you why in a sec. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answer ring rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. 
Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So that thief, he didn't have a chance to go make restitution for the things he'd done wrong. He knew he was a sinner, obviously, and had done wrong. He also knew that Jesus had something different. And, you know, he obviously, for whatever, to whatever level, saw him as his savior at that point in time. And so Jesus didn't say, well, you know, it's too late. You could have done this and that and the other thing, but nah, you ruined your life. Sorry, mate, you know. But no, it's like Jesus saw that man's heart and there was no time for him to go out and live a new life and do all the things that, the, the works and so on. And Jesus said to him, yet, you know, this day you'll be with me in paradise. I mean, Jesus hadn't yet been resurrected, so it wasn't in the full glory, but um, he certainly wasn't going to the dark place, you know, even though he'd been a criminal. He was um, going to paradise, and all it took was one step of faith to confess, you know, to Jesus in a very simple form at that point. And so to me, that is always been my favorite scripture because it's like this guy didn't have to work his way to anything he just knew his heart in his heart that he was a sinner and wrong and that jesus well was his savior and i think for me that's always been so important because you know if we can lose sight of everything else we should never lose sight of that it's by grace we're saved through faith and it's not of our works so um obviously we want to strive to live a better life and our works to match up, which is where I was saying before, sometimes I feel like mine don't, you know, but that's not the point. We're striving in God's power to get to that standard. It's not on our own. And if we fall short, we get up and walk again, but it's, it's, um, it's that great power through the resurrection of Jesus. That's, you know, that is at the crux of everything. Um, and to me, that, particular passage in the bible just sums everything up sums up the gospel message in a nutshell in a way so you know that story is one of my favorite too of course for the same reasons you know because i think to myself he's the one guy the one person of i'm born into this world who knows what his background was yeah. but he went into like crime like he became a criminal right yeah. And he was a well-known career criminal and he was being put to death for his sins. And that judicial, you know, what, 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 when we hear the word judge from the Lord, like when well, he was coming to judge and make war. Yeah, that's all true and everything. But God's judgment, it says justice and judgment are the foundation of his throne. Mercy and truth go before his face. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You know, I love this, what Amy Carmichael says. She says, Sometimes when we read the words of those who have been more than conquerors, we feel almost despondent. I feel that I shall never be like that. But they won through step by step by little bits of wills, little denials of self, little inward victories by faithfulness and very little things. They became what they are. No one sees these little hidden steps. They only see the accomplishment but even so, those small steps were taken. There is no sudden triumph, no spiritual maturity uh, that is the work of the moment. And so 
I love that because like I was telling Jonathan, my husband, you know, Jonathan, I was telling him, you know, when you get older, I'm 60 years old now, and I've been on this path a long time, and it's been a journey. It's a journey home. It is. It's a journey home, and that there is a better perspective that I can see that I can really enter into that rest of God. You know, I call it the unclaimed promise of Hebrews chapter four. I don't have the exact verse, but it says there there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. And I call it the unclaimed promise. But, you know, you get to a point where all the things that I know I've done before to try to maybe get, get more of an edge on something and study. Look, when you're young, that's what you do, right? That's what you do. Come on, Tony. I mean, I've known you for a long time, but I didn't know you all the way back then. But I can honestly say I already know in many ways we share um, the same kind of way that we did things where I wanted to know what was under the hood of that car. Like I wanted to know what was going on and I was researching and I was studying and I was on fire. That's that's over here. It's solid. It's there. It's a mountain. Okay. But now over here, it's a thing called growing heavenward. There is a joy of leaning back, leaning upon the Lord. You know, he doesn't he tell us that it says, that we're not to lean upon our own understanding, right? Well, mm. Christ is our understanding. He's the power of our life. And, and I love what John says in 1 John 3, 2. He said, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall become like him. For we shall see him as he is. You know, there is this glory. And look, to a lot of people, they'll go, I'm saying in advance, they're going to say, I don't see what's glorious about my life. You know what? I'll tell you, see, Jesus never lets anything go to waste. People think in their life, I haven't done anything with my life. I haven't been able to share Christ. I, I, I have nowhere to share it. My family shuts me down. Right. But I'll tell you something. Jesus has a completely different economy. He has a different judgment. He, see, he sees differently than we do. And so, like you were talking about the thief, I'm going to say this. I don't think he really cared too much about what he did, but more about the power of his love to redeem. Mm -hmm. Of course, he cared about what he was doing, but it was more like, but I care about you. The only thing, what you want to be with me, you're in. Because like you said, he didn't see the crime he saw mm. the man yeah yeah he obviously saw the guy's heart rather than the circumstances you know which is important because so often we look at circumstances and don't see the heart of the people um and yet god looks beyond the circumstances and looks at someone's heart you know when, when Jesus, in John chapter 11, we all know the story. He's with his disciples. Someone comes to them. Behold, Lazarus. We're sent to let you know he's sick, not doing well. Please come, right? And what did he do? He stayed hung out for four more days. And so then he says, well, let's go to see him, you know, you know, you know the whole story, right? 
but he said, well, because he says for he's he's sleeping, he's laying down. He said, his yeah. disciples said, well, if he's sleeping, if he does well, he goes, look, Lazarus is dead. Bam, Lazarus is dead. He said, but I'm going to wake him up. And they're like, well, if he's sleeping, you know, he'll do good. He goes, no, you don't understand. They didn't have any understanding. He hadn't died yet. But you know the story when he gets there, a messenger goes and tells Martha, Jesus is here. He's a little distance from the house. And she goes to him and she says, you know, if you would have been here, my brother had not died. Mm. And and she, and she says, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, your brother will rise again. And she said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection, in the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth me shall never die. Believest thou this? You notice 90 96 times is the word believe, believed uh, in the book of John. He wants to know, do you believe this? Do you believe I am the Christ? Not do you accept me? Do you accept that I'm the Christ? He doesn't say accept. Though in a sense, maybe it might be synonymous. And really it is in a way. But he doesn't ask you, do you accept me? Does he? Mm. The word says, do you believe me? Yeah. See, because I can accept you, Tony, but that doesn't mean I believe you. When you're asking somebody, do you believe I am he? Lord, do you believe I can do this? You're looking into the face of God when you answer that. She says, yes, Lord. I believe you are the Christ, the son of God, which should come into the world. Mm -hmm. And we know the rest of the story. He resurrected Lazarus from that tomb after being four yeah. days dead. And so when he says, I am, you know, there's seven I am's in the Bible. And one of those is I am the resurrection and the life. And when it goes back to Paul saying that, I, oh, that I may know him. And let me put it this way. Do you ever come to points in your life, Tony, where you hit kind of a wall with him? There's more. You want more, but you don't know how to get it. Yeah. You can still read your Bible. You can pray, but there's something your soul wants to, you wants to go to him, mm. right? And we feel that. Do you ever feel that? Yeah. Where you just want more of him. Not what he could do for you, right? Yeah. yeah. And when he says those words, do you believe I'm he? Do you believe I can do this? You know, it says in John chapter one, uh, verse 12, it says, as many as believe on him, to them gave he the power to be, to be, uh, to become, it says, to as many as receive him, he gives power to become the sons of God, yea, even unto those that believe upon his name. See, because when you enter into that belief, and it's just an entering, and you enter into that belief, that's all it takes, like that man. 
he didn't have to, like you said, well, hold on a minute. Wait, <laughs> I don't know about this, right? Look at the goodness and mercy of God. And in that power of the resurrection, it's the power of the endless life in each one of us right now. And the things that are coming upon this earth because of that power. And when he ascended, he said, remain in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That power was the Holy Spirit, right? It abode upon them. It entered, he entered into them. And that gives mortality to our, immortality to our souls. And so now we have that power, right? I think you quoted that in the beginning where you said, he shall do exceeding abundantly beyond all that he can ask or think according to that power that worketh within us. And that's the power. See, right now, we haven't needed to do have a lot of power if there's just a mundane life. But I'll tell you something. Notice something about God that he always does, Tony. In the Bible, we've seen it over and over. And we've seen it in our own personal lives. That what we think sometimes we see Satan getting so big and mm. he's so full of power and he's overwhelming the believers, right? In our personal lives. And we feel like what's happening, right? Mm. I've been crying out to the Lord. Where is the Lord? I believe upon him. But really, that power has to come up really big with Satan because that's when God manifests his power against the power of the enemy. So the more Satan uh, displays and manifests his power, that is when the power of God is displayed and we see who God really is. So that power of the resurrection is the power of his love, the power of kindness, the power of patience, and joy and the looking forward because really isn't that what we're looking forward we're following him aren't we i mean we, yes. we call ourselves followers yeah for sure yep yep probably the last thing that i you know would want to add to what i've already said um is to go right back to the very first bit that i read in hebrews 13 which said let your conduct be without covetousness be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, I mean, it's very easy for people to get, you know, covetous of what other people have in terms of material possessions and say, oh, I wish I had this or that and look at those people, they have so much better than, or whatever. But that's true, you know, and that's important is to not do that. But also I think it's important not to get covetousness of other people's supposedly spiritual positions and things either. You know, I look at that person's doing these amazing things for God. I wish I was like that person or whatever, but, you know, or had a ministry like that or whatever it is. But, you know, God has created all of us as individuals and he has an individual walk for every one of us. And it's pointless to be covetous of other people's goods or their spiritual condition either because, you can't be someone else. You can just be you. And, you know, as you were saying before, and basically really it's like we want to be the best of us that we can be in Christ and um, just to really just let go of all the other stuff and let God work in, in each one of us. Um, 
to create in us the type of life he wants, which is different for you or me or everyone else. No one's is the same, um, but the same resurrected Saviour has the power to create the, the perfect life you know, that he wants. Well, no, I don't mean perfect as without nothing goes wrong in that, but I mean for us to be perfectly formed in the way he wants us to be so that when we get to the end of our journey that, you know, I, I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And um, and really that's it. That's the bottom line, I think. Uh, let go of everything else and strive towards that. And really it's only because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus that we can have that confidence that there is even a life to go to afterwards where we can hear well done good and faithful servant so yeah that's pretty much sums up what I the many message that I wanted to bring today so, hmm. well I really appreciate it and I know <clears throat> people are thinking about Jesus right now and and what he's done for all of us you know and there's such a focus on him right now and I just felt that it was really important that we just push the world away you know mm. um we're in it yeah. but we're not of it that's what jesus says as christ is so are you in the world he made light of the things of the world he didn't you know he remember it says do not be conformed into the world yeah but be renewed in the in the spirit of your mind like and mm. and be conformed into the son of god and you know what that is just what you said it's your daily common life you know he cares more about than anything how are you treating each other? Yes. Yeah. He's more interested in our character than in our comfort. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like, he, and I'm going to say this and then we'll wrap it up because we want to keep this short. But um, he showed me something a couple of weeks ago and it just came to me one day during devotions. And it was, I was reading something about obedience, just a scripture like, a, and then all of a sudden it just kind of froze in a moment. And I heard him from within saying, um, uh, it, he, I heard him like, it's hard to put it in words, but I'll do my best. Um, it doesn't make any difference to me. Anybody can be obedient. I heard him say that anybody can be obedient. Anybody can do it. Anybody can go here, go there, do this, do that, be this, be that. But within, there's things in there that make that offering unacceptable to him that's what he told me that's what i heard him say to me in my heart anybody can go do anything but you see whatever we do for him we're doing it towards him but it's really we got to realize everything we do is an offering to him and so that's why he was saying you can be anybody can be obedient to me but if they're doing it with something inside of them that's dark that they there's a bad habit they're holding on to some kind of something it makes that offering i'm not saying he doesn't appreciate what you're trying to do what i understood him to say i think is obvious he wants you to be purged and purified because every word of god is pure he wants us to have a pure conscience he wants us to have a pure mind you know and so how does that happen that you really have to exercise yourself unto godliness because if you really want to be used by him and i don't care i don't care if you're changing diapers i don't care if you're you know you're the guy that's 
pushing a broom at the local school and that's your job, it's all noble work. You're working. God appreciates that. He, he wants you to go do what he wants you to do. That's what he told you to go do. Go do it. Mm-hmm. But it's the way, whatever. And so, and also to the obedience is because of that con that character is really what he wants to see. He wants to get at your man, not your external. I can do all these things and all this religious acrobats and you know what I'm saying? It doesn't purge you. It doesn't purify you. In a lot of ways, um, it becomes an intellectual thing where your intellect in a way becomes, it's almost like idolatry, right? Because I've known people who have been so humble and then started to grow in knowledge and they went off into like a pomposity where I didn't even know them anymore but they can break down the Bible like you, like no other, but yet there was a darkness and a coldness. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I hope this was a blessing to everybody. And um, Tony, I'm going to give you the last words and let everybody know uh, where they can find you. And uh, most everybody knows who you are, but if they're, if it's their first time, I want them to be able to subscribe to a minute to midnight. Yes, um, so you, you can find um, me and our channel at A Minute to Midnight on YouTube and Rumble and BitChute and also a aminutetomidnight.com is our website, which um, you can visit there. And the last thing I'll say is just listening to what you said. I, I can't remember where it is, but there's a scripture that says, if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land or something along those lines. Um, and it's, I've sometimes thought about that and thought, yeah, at times we do the things in obedience, but our heart's not really willing. <laughs> we're just doing it because you have to, you know. But um, it's right if we, our will should fit, go in, but that we want to, we're willingly being obedient in a sense. And I know for me that's a battle at times, um, being honest. So, yeah, I'm sure I probably am not the only one. But um, yeah, that's pretty much my last thoughts. So. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And with that, we'll say goodbye to everybody and have a happy Resurrection Day. Um, we really appreciate you, your support for us. Um, we love what we do, don't we, Tony? Yeah. And we always want to be a blessing to you guys all the time. So make sure you subscribe to A Minute to Midnight. Get over there right away. Tony, you're having some great people on lately breaking down what's going on lately and I saw you had Leo Holman on so I'm like Holman on I really want to watch that one so that's your new one so get over there in a minute to midnight make sure you subscribe stay in touch with Tony's uh, guest because it's it's up to the minute and I love it so thank you for all you do Tony and God bless you thanks Johnny